Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. You know, all my life I have loved astronomy. When I was a 10-year-old kid, I used to memorize the planets in order. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And the other kids in the fourth grade were so impressed, they called me the professor. But I haven't ever really formally studied astronomy in, in this lifetime, surely. I, the, the same trance medium, Kevin Ryerson, who has suggested that I have been in a past lifetime, William James and the Roman philosopher Seneca, has also suggested that I was once the astronomer Edmund Haley. So, who knows? Maybe I have a natural feel for it. But I have to say, uh, so that there's no doubt in anybody's mind, I have no memories of having been any of those people. And, and so, I have no reason to accept uh, that <laughs> I was any of them in a past life. But, of course, if you've been listening to all of my interviews with James G. Matlock, you'll know that the evidence at this point for Reincarnation is frankly overwhelming. But that aside, I want to talk to you about the universe. <laughs> and and here's, here's why. I'm going to be very speculative. I don't have any credentials to say what I'm going to say, but I think it's accurate. And it's important to me for this reason. I identify with the universe. I do. I identify with the whole universe. And I identify with all of time and space. Somehow, I, it feels natural to me to think of myself as a being who encompasses all time and space. And I think if it's true for me, it's probably true for you too. You may not identify with it as I do. But it's also probably true for you. If it's true for me, and maybe not, let's call it a postulate or an axiom. Let's start with the postulate that you and I are all coextent, equal to all time and all space. Now, let's take a greater look at what that involves. Uh, my good friend, Saul Paul Sirog, who wrote the appendix to the uh, <laughs> on hyperspace and consciousness, a very mathematical appendix to the second edition of the Roots of Consciousness, believed and, and did a lot of work talking about the Hubble radius of the universe, showing how old and how large the universe verse is. And I, he would talk about, well, it's pretty well accepted now. The universe is about 13 and a half billion light years in diameter and about 13 and a half billion years old. There you have it, time and space, you would think. Of course, I know uh, and I trust some of you have listened to my monologue on the speed of light and Einstein and how time stops when you're traveling at the speed of light. You can travel from one end of the universe to the other. And if you were riding on a photon and wearing a watch, the watch wouldn't move. From the point of view of those of us here on Earth, you, you would have taken, at the time I thought, well, 13 and a half billion years from our time. But from your time, 
Nothing. So in, in effect, you're a time traveler. You go into the future like that. You can't come back that way, as far as I know, but how interesting. Recently, I've been reading reports that the diameter of the universe is like 90 billion years, and I puzzle over that. Wait, the age of the universe is 30, 13. The age of the universe is 13 and a half light years across. The diameter is 90 billion light years across. How can that be? After all, we were taught that nothing travels faster than the speed of light. So how could the universe be 90 billion light years across, but only 13 and a half billion light years old? And then, uh, upon further inquiry, I discovered that the reason for this discrepancy is that space itself is expanding. You might say, if this was a foot, at some point, it'll be like an inch. An inch will be this big. <laughs> but we won't know because everything else will have expanded, including ourselves. Space is expanding, and the intriguing thing about the universe is this. We don't know why it's expanding. We don't know, does it require energy, or, or, or what's causing that expansion? It's a big mystery. But not only is it expanding, it's expanding ever faster and faster the further away you get which I think is, you would expect that. It's accelerating, you might say, as you go further away from where we are, further away from any point where you are in the, in the universe. It's expanding so fast, it's expanding faster than the speed of light. And Einstein's law of special relativity says that objects, no object can move faster than the speed of light in space. But space itself, there's no limitation to how fast it can expand. <laughs> it's, it's a mind boggler in a way. And it, it suggests this. If you were to try and signal across the universe, it's expanding so fast. The farther away you get from the Earth, expanding faster than the speed of light. So if you were to try and signal using light, using the electromagnetic uh, spectrum, a frequency on the electromagnetic spectrum, it will never, ever arrive because the distant part of the universe is outside the event horizon, which means that light will never reach it. It's expanding faster than the speed of light, so no matter how long light travels, from our perspective, it will never arrive. Now, the intriguing thing is this. Since we can't see the edge of the universe, how do we know it's 90 billion light years in diameter? Why do we know these things about, or why can we even speak intelligently about something that we will never be able to see using our conventional methods uh, in, involving electromagnetic spectrum and everything we know about the objects in the physical world, none of which can ever move faster than the speed of light. The answer to that question is that 
the theorists working in cosmology, astronomy, and physics, astrophysics, can extrapolate from theories that are now accepted to look at what are the implications of those theories as regards such things as the event horizon and the uh, actual size of the universe, even if it's not observable. So we can use thought itself, use our theoretical models to give us at least hypotheses. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I, it's certainly not an established empirical fact based on observation that the universe is 90 billion light years in diameter. No, it's a hypothesis based on an extrapolation from existing theories that may or may not be correct. I've even heard it suggested that we really don't know it might be actually that, you know, space extends infinitely. Or it might be that we're part of the great cosmic foam, that our universe is like a little bubble in this infinite foam that includes many, many bubbles like our own. Well, we're getting into an area where physics and astronomy blend with metaphysics. And it raises the question of consciousness itself, because we now know for sure that there are parts of our universe we will never be able to communicate with using the electromagnetic spectrum. But consciousness itself may not be limited. When I said that I identify with all space and all time, I have to ask myself carefully, what I mean by that, it gives me an opportunity to ponder the question of how far can consciousness actually reach? And that's the question I'd like to leave you with as well. I can't think of anything particularly practical that might uh, result for you as a result of, of, of this monologue. but. I find it very valuable to ponder these things because ultimately they're talking about who I am at my core, at, the, at some of the deepest levels of my being. Uh, I don't, you don't, or I don't have to identify with the universe to consider ourselves children of the universe. And as children of the universe, at least we want to know more about our parents. So I'll leave you with that to ponder. Thank you once again for being with me.